From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. We celebrate Johann Sebastian Bach today with special guest David Park, a violinist who's been described by the Salt Lake Tribune as a soloist with extraordinary artistic gifts. Mr. Park is an adjunct faculty member at the University of Utah and assistant concertmaster of the Utah Symphony. He holds degrees from the University of Indiana and the Juilliard School, and he studied with masters from Joseph Gingold and Dorothy DeLay to the legendary Yasha Heifetz. Mr. Park's varied career has included, in addition to virtuoso performances on stage all over the world, screen appearances in Sundance films, and a position as cultural ambassador for Mercedes-Benz. We're so glad to have him with us again on Highway 89, where today he'll be performing Bach's Partita No. 1 for violin in its entirety. We'll begin with the first section of that work. Before we enjoy some conversation, here is David Park with Bach's Partita No. 1, live on Highway 89. Thank you. 
Coming to you from Studio 6 live on Highway 89. A great performance from David Park. Hold that thought, because we're only halfway through this. <laughs> oh, we b- are. <laughs> <Buck Martina. laughs> How are yes. you? Good. Nice to see you again, Steve. Last time you were here, you were playing a blistering set of Paganini <laughs> pieces, and now you've brought us this Bach Partita. Yes. You know, I was just realizing, actually, today, that this is my third tribute to one of the great masters of classical music. Mm. First was Mozart. I think it was somebody else before you at the time. Uh-huh. And as you mentioned, Paganini. Yes. And, and today, with you know, Johann Sebastian Bach, the father of them all, father of classical music, as they say. 
Tell me about these partitas because you think they're very important in the literature. Oh, yes, yes. You know, I tell you, most people know of Bach as one of the great organists of all time. But very few people know him as a violinist. Actually, he was taught the violin by his father. Mm. And supposedly and apparently, he was a very fine violinist himself. During this time, when he wrote these sonatas and partitas, it's a set. There are three sonatas and three partitas, right? Uh, he wrote when he was working in Curtin or Kern yes. under Prince Leopold, who was also himself a violinist. So during this time, he wrote a lot of sacred music and a lot of instrumental music, such as this partita and the Brandenburg concertos. But I think the importance, uh, you mentioned Paganini, I, I feel there are two composers who are very vital in terms of the advancement of violin playing. And I think the first one was the great Johann Sebastian Bach. Because you have to understand, if you listen to a lot of the Baroque music of that time and prior to Bach's time, it was very simple. Mm -hmm. The way, way, way the composition was written, it, it was very simplified form, right? Bach, he came out with his counterpoints and the fugues. It became more complex and much more demanding, as you heard, yes. with all the double stops and so forth. So each of these partita movements is named for a dance. Yes, and yes. And that second one was very quick, the courant. Or right. Courant. Right. I'd love to see what dance goes with that. It's yes. so fast. Yes, it was very fashionable at the time to write some kind of a dance movements or dance music. And actually, this particular partita, number one in B minor, is very unique because I think a lot of audience will not know, but there are short eight movements to the whole mm -hmm. partita, and every other movement is a double. It's titled double. So basically what it is, it's kind of a response to the previous movement. So it's like a variation. Yes. And the interesting thing is that you can play the two movements together as a duet. For example, first and second movement, you can play that as a duet. At the same time? Same time. <laughs> Third and fourth one as a duet, five, six, and seven, and eight. It's almost like a fugue that's been taken apart. Yeah, but you know, it's very innovative because I don't know of any other music that's written this way. So I talked to a few of my colleagues actually recently mm. in explaining about this, that if they were aware of any music written in such way, and then nobody was uh, aware of that. So in that sense, this is a very, very special partita. Have you ever heard them played together? Actually, <laughs> one time uh, I was at a party with my former professor from Indiana. A bunch of musicians were there. And then, uh, you know, we just had one of those like show and tell kind of moments. Uh -huh. And he just told me, David, just bring your violin out. And actually, without knowing about it, right, being prepared, we read these together. Yeah, so we played as a duet and at one works. time. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, is that kind of interesting? It's really, I mean, that, that's, the, I mean, it's a little bit like, you know, his brain was really working like a computer how they can just put things together like that. I would love to be in his brain for even 30 seconds while he was <laughs> writing or improvising on the organ. Well, we've heard yeah. the Sarah Alamond, the Courant, mm -hmm. and their doubles mm -hmm. coming up, Sarabande mm -hmm. and the Bore. Mm -hmm. What should we listen for in these next pieces? Well, Sarabande, it's like a slow dance. I think it's somewhat, uh, uh, it has a tinge of sadness to it. Now, this is a period, I believe it was 1717 to 1723, six years that he worked under the court of uh, Prince Leopold of Kern, I was telling you before. During this time also, his first wife, Maria Bach, she passed away. He completed this 
whole composition in 1720. And actually, she passed away in 1720. So perhaps there is some kind of you know, certain you know, feeling of, of sadness. Mm. And then somehow I, I kind of hear that in, in this uh, upcoming movement, Sarabande. And then double, as I was saying, it, you know, it's, it's a kind of variation of that. And, uh, you know, Temple de Bourree, it's a very upbeat type of dance. And then we end with a double, which is another variation of that. All right. Okay. Well, we're about to hear from our violinist today, David Park. The second two movements and their doubles from Bach Partita Number no. 1. Thank you. 
Very satisfying ending note there on the Beret section of Bach's Partita for Solo Violin Number 1. We're so lucky to have David Park, Associate Concertmaster of the Utah Symphony, with us. Thank you. Thank you. That's a good workout. <laughs> yes. You know, I tell you, you were asking me earlier about the importance of Bach. You know, I think people don't realize the difficulty behind playing all by yourself. Yeah, all alone, because uh, you know when there's no piano or orchestra to back you up in the background, you're so exposed. 
<laughs> and then you just you know just play everything from memory, and then you know there's so many notes as you as you heard. It's almost like he's trying to fill in the chords from all the other exactly. parts. Exactly. So that's what makes it so difficult. It's like I, I feel sometimes like a sheep herder. There's so many <laughs> sheep, so many notes. I have to put things into order, and then try to make something out of it. This is why you know amongst the violins, all serious violins. Really, in some ways, violin is judged upon how they approach box partitas and sonatas or sonatas and partitas, whichever you want to put in. And then I was saying earlier, so to me, there's a reason why I did the Paganini project last time, because this is a two area and two composers, really Paganini on the technical end mm -hmm. and Bach on really on the musical end, maturity end. It really shows really quite a bit or almost complete, you know, the aspect of a musician. I understand you're preparing for a concert yes, coming up. Yes. Now, will this be on the concert, or is that other material? No, it will be other material. But this concert actually is kind of interesting because it's the first of its kind for me. So it's a little bit like, you know, myself and, and friends. You know how Pinker Zuckerman, Lynn Harrell, those big names, they mm -hmm. will say, oh, such and such and friends type of concert. So I got uh, my colleagues, my select musicians, right, like almost like an all-star type of like uh, setting, colleagues from uh, Utah Symphony, colleagues from uh, University of Utah, and actually BYU as well. <laughs> so I will collaborate with them. Each one of them mm -hmm. will play a duet. And then I will also feature them solo as well. So they can display their skills. Well, that's very generous. Yeah, yeah. And then actually, <laughs> the next piece I'll be playing, the Bartok, uh, I'll be playing that in that program, but not the Bach. I have one quick question before we get to the Bartok. Okay. At some point, you had to choose a violin. Yes, to yes, play. yes. What were you looking for in the sound, and how did you know when you had the right instrument for you? Yes, you, you know, I, it's kind of interesting because um, my parents are both cellists, mm -hmm. right? But it's interesting. Um, so there are two of us, me and my brother, older brother, right? And uh, you know how it is. Some, some parents, when they're in the industry, they know how difficult it is, right? So like actors, sometimes they don't particularly want their kids to go through what they went through yes. and, and so forth, right? Athletes in some cases, right? So that was a little bit, you know, case with me. Very typical Korean house setting. My mother, particularly my mother, wanted her two sons to be a medical doctor and a lawyer. <laughs> so... <laughs> My older brother became a lawyer. I was supposed to really go in that direction, in medicine. But, you know, my father came along, and he told me a story, what, you know, the, the special meaning of music, how it can really last forever, to really, this is for giving pleasure to the others, not so much for yourself. And how when he was growing up, there were some renowned musicians from U.S. that came to Korea, and how that really changed his life. Mm -hmm. that he can just even recall at this moment. So he, he said, you know, if you really excel to a certain level, you know, you can, it's, it's like uh, you're, you're, you're giving to the community. You're doing a service. And he thought that was very respectable. And I think one can say that about, let's say, a doctor as well. You're serving the community in some ways. But this is different type, you know. This is, for me, I feel a little bit like my goal is more like a soul doctor. Mm. You know, because nowadays there's so many things going on, as you know, in the world. I think this kind of beautiful music is more important today than in any other times, I think. Interesting. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think as assistant concertmaster of great orchestra that you're any kind of a disappointment. No, no. <laughs> but, you know, I, I try. You know, you have to keep, you know, trying to develop yourself to better yourself, really serve the public. That's the way I see it. Now, you made an interesting comparison. I'd like you to talk about, we've heard Bach, mm -hmm. but now we're going to hear a few from Bartok's mm -hmm. solo sonata. But you see some relationship. Yes. You know, actually, this season, my theme is really based around Bach. Mm -hmm. So earlier in the season, I performed the Mendelssohn Concerto with an orchestra. And then I'm doing Bach and, and Bartok's solo sonata. So people say, how, how do you see the relation of the three? Well, you know, Mendelssohn was very vital in reviving Bach's career. So Mendelssohn was also, by the way, a, a conductor, music director of Leipzig Gewandhaus. And you know, Bach's la latter life, he lived in Leipzig and, and died in, in Leipzig in Germany. And uh, so Mendelssohn performed much of Bach's work with his orchestra in Leipzig especially St. Matthew's Passion. So in some ways, he revitalized and put Bach's music back into vogue in, in 19th century. And then you come to 20th century, early 20th century, the great Pablo Casals, the cellist, mm -hmm. he revitalized Bach also. What I would like to do, Steve, this is somewhat of a milestone for me, by the way. So as I was telling you earlier, there are six altogether, right, in the set. And I have performed all five in public in Utah. And this is the last one of the set. So I'm completing the whole set, mm. which makes it, to me, at least very special. So I would like to be the official promoter of Bach in Utah of 21st century. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyways, going back to Bartok. Now, Bartok, he was very fascinated with the, the solo sonatas of Bach. He wrote this right before his death, about a year before he died. So he, and he was, I think, suffering from leukemia ex as ex he was exactly, writing. Exactly. It's quite sad, actually, if you read his, about his life. He emigrated to U.S. because of World War, of course, from Hungary. He died in 1945, and he wrote this piece, the solo sonata in 1944, which was commissioned by the great uh, Yehudi Menuhin. And it's interesting because, okay, so he based, the, the format of the sonata is based on Bach. So mm -hmm. he wrote a movement called Chacon, the, the great, you know, the famous Chacon from Bach, and this movement called the Fugue, right? Because in some ways, uh, Bach mastered the form of Fugue. And uh, he wrote it, I don't know if it was because during the World War time, uh, and then his health was, you know, failing, as you were saying, from leukemia. So there's a lot of angst in, in this music. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Picasso's uh, Cubism. There's some very primitivism, uh, some uh, angular yes. uh, you know, side to the music, and it's very brutal. So Menuhin, uh, when he first received the music, he told Mr. Bartok, look, you know, this is not playable on the violin. So actually, he revised a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what I'm... I'm trying to attempt today is I do a little bit of the revision that Menuhin made, but I'm, I also do the original that Bar Bartok had written. What he had in mind. Exactly. And then Menuhin had mentioned after the performance, his debut of his work at Carnegie Hall, that this is the most brutal music he's ever played. Interesting. Yes. And then it's really, I, I think 
this program for me is a very challenging one because you know to perform Bach in public is kind of rare, by the way. You don't hear very often people performing Bach in public recitals. And number two, it's even more rare to hear the Bartok because amongst the violinists, we all know it's, it's considered almost unplayable. So I, I, I hope uh, uh, <laughs> somebody's watching over me. <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you're performing for us without a net today. Yes. Here, here yes. Live. Yeah. But uh, we are so yeah. glad to have David Park with us. We'll finish this edition of Highway 89 coming to you live with the Fugue movement, the second movement of Bartok's solo sonata for violin.
Music by Bela Bartok. We've heard a performance live here in Studio 6 by David Park, our guest violinist today. What a pleasure to hear him live. We've loved not only the music, but the conversation. Lots of great information about Bach, Mendelssohn, Bartok as well. Mr. Park's album, Violin Meditations, is the winner of the Global Music Award. And if you'd like to learn more about that album or the rest of Mr. Park's work, find him online at davidparkviolin.com. If you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the beginning or listen again and share it with a friend, you can do that. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistants are Victoria Khalil and Naomi Campbell. Our producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>